Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 105-101 win over the Charlotte Hornets. In a wild matinee day game Sunday in Charlotte, the Hawks are able to go in and get a win despite not having Trey Young, Danilo Gallinari, or Tony Snell. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks are the definition of the walking wounded. Their injury report is more than one tweet long. It takes, I think, two or three tweets to get all of the Hawks players onto the report. But the Hawks went into Charlotte missing Trey Young, Danilo Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, Chris Dunn, Tony Snell, who got an MRI and will be out with a sprain for a little while, and John Collins. The Charlotte Hornets are also missing a couple of their big stars. They did not have LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, or Malik Monk. Um, And so this game on a Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock while the Masters was also on may have felt like it didn't have as much star power as it potentially could. And the Hawks opted to lift uh, Brandon Goodwin into the starting lineup in place of Trey. And as they have done for the last few games, they filled out the starting lineup with Solomon Hill, Kevin Herter, Clint Capella, and Bogdan Bogdanovich. The, this game would go back and forth. It was a wild game for both sides. The Hawks got out to a good lead. They had a great job in the first quarter. They got scoring from all of their starting lineup, and really it was that starters that built a huge lead that would ultimately lead 33-8 to 20 at the end of the first quarter. Bogdanovich would get started early. He had six points. Solomon Hill had six points. He had he was getting three balls up a lot. The Hawks were able to find him for a lot of open three looks. Kevin Herter had four. Clint Capella had three. And finally, Brandon Goodwin got his good day started with nine points in that first quarter. Now, the Hawks were up by as many as 17 in the first quarter. And the second unit came in. And, of course, this is like the Hawks' second, second unit. Um, the Hawks would ultimately only use nine players in this game against the, uh, the Hornets. And so the second unit included Lou Williams, Nathan Knight, Oneka Kangwu, and Skylar Mays got a little bit of playing time in the first, and then we did not see much more of Skylar. But um, the Hornets were able to take advantage of that second unit and slowly start to be able to chip away at the big lead that the Hawks had. Charlotte would win the second quarter 25-19, to and they started getting very comfortable. And I thought one thing that the Hornets did an exceptionally good job of the entire game was – getting to the paint and either trying to finish in the paint or if that wasn't working, kicking to the corners for three-point looks. The Hornets got a lot of three-point shots up in the corners, and they started to hit a lot of those threes. Both teams would be pretty proficient from the three-point line. The Hawks were 17 of 39. Eight of those would come from uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich on his career high for three-pointers hitting a game, and Charlotte was 15 of 43, with most of those threes coming from um, Miles Bridges, Devontae G- Graham, or Terry Rozier. But uh, the Hornets, despite being down as many as 17, really got their got right back into this game by hitting their threes and attacking the basket. Um, and they would use a just big second quarter to and a good job defensively on the Hawks. The Hawks, it seemed like, wouldn't be able to score in the second quarter. I think the second unit who started the second only scored one point before they had to put the starters back in to try to get the Hawks offense going again and a lot of that was uh Lou Williams didn't seem to be going early in the game Um, and luckily for the Hawks he would start getting going and really heat up in the fourth quarter but at halftime the Hawks were up 
52 to 45 up seven at halftime. And it felt like, you know, the Hornets had kind of given them their best shot, but without their big guns that the Hornets might not be able to get back into this game. Now in the third quarter, the Hawks were able to work the lead back up to 11 points. They got it to double digits and Bogdanovich really got going in the third. He had 11 points. Um, but again, the Hornets just kept coming, kept coming, and they got some big production from their uh, guards and also from P.J. Washington. Scary Terry got going. It feels like Terry Rozier always has a good game against the Hawks, and he had 10 points in that third quarter. He started hitting his trademark threes, and both him and Brad Watermaker did a good job of getting into the paint and even challenging Clint Capella. Um, they were able to get layups high off the glass over uh, the Swiss bank and really able to continue to attack the paint effectively and then lead to open shots at the three point line. Um, and the Hornets really started to cut into the lead and ultimately would take uh, a lead themselves into the fourth quarter. The um, Hornets did lose PJ Washington in a really weird play. He went down um, after helping the Hornets get an offensive or a defensive rebound and the Hornets, instead of calling a timeout, usually when players go down on the floor, the teams get the ball up in the half court and call a timeout. The Hornets didn't call a timeout, and actually Brad Wanamaker was able to get an and one that cut into the Hawks' lead, and then the Hornets were able to get Washington off the court. He looked like he sprained his ankle, and he would not come back into the game, which was a pretty huge blow for the Hornets because Washington had played pretty well, um, especially in that third quarter where he had six points. Um, but... The Hornets were able to come all the way back and ultimately take a 77-75 to lead into the fourth quarter. Um, and it was just like, uh, you know, the Hawks get a 17-point lead in the first quarter. And as the Hawks were beating, building that 17-point uh, lead in that first quarter, I was just thinking, you know, Hawks, this is awesome. You're coming out without Trey Young, um, without Danilo Gallinari building this big lead. But don't. Don't let your foot off the gas. Do not let this become like the Clippers game where you build a huge lead and then you allow the team to kind of hang around and then get back in and, and win a game or for the Hawks lose a game that you could win on the road. This game is especially important because both of the Hawks and the Hornets are jockeying for fourth place in the East right now. And the Hornets hold the tiebreaker on the Hawks. They've won the first two matchups between these two teams and uh, we're up by percentage points in uh, winning percentage. So this is a huge game, and a game that, you know, going into the fourth quarter, it's Hawks are only down two. It's still very winnable. Um, as the fourth quarter got going, it was just a back-and-forth game, and both teams really got, got going and had different flows. The uh, Hawks hit the first few baskets and were able to build a, a little bit of a lead, and then the Hornets came all the way back and then were able to build a 10-point lead. Um the fourth quarter was just really the Hawks got going with uh, Lou Williams and the Hornets really got going with Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges was fantastic in the fourth quarter. He had 12 points, um, two threes, and then as the game got down into crunch time, after it got kind of tied at 99 and then 101, one of the big plays of the game was uh, the Hornets missed a shot right at the rim. They were able to, I think, uh, Zeller tipped the ball out. They got an offensive rebound, and at the top of the key, Miles Bridges went right by his man, uh, jumped up to incoct the ball behind his back. Clint Capella went up to challenge him, and Miles Bridges threw down just a monster dunk, just 
a monster old school poster over Clint Capella. And it was just jarring. Um, the Hornets had had a pretty big dunk earlier in the game. Uh, McDaniels off the bench had come in and he had sort of gotten a pass from one of his guards and he got the ball up to the rim quicker than uh, Clint Capella could react. Capella has been great. One of his big um, advantages is he has a great second jump and is able to get up really fast, but even he wasn't able to get the ball up fast or get his hands up fast enough to stop the dunk from Daniels. And it was a pretty good dunk. That would be like the highlight dunk of any normal game. But this dunk for Miles Bridges, my Lord, right down the middle of the lane and over Clint Capella. And Clint Capella goes for the block. It, it is an impressive, impressive dunk for Miles Bridges. But, um, this game in the fourth quarter would go back and back and forth, and and a really, um, I thought pivotal moment was the Hawks were missing a lot of shots in the paint right at the basket. Um, they would get really good looks, and the ball just wasn't going in for whatever reason. Um, Solomon Hill had a strong drive to get a layup at the basket, but other than that, I mean, Lou Williams had a layup right, kind of at the rim, and missed it, and uh, the ball went off on the rebound. The ball went off of a Hornet player, and Lou was mad about At first, the officials called the ball to the Hornets. The Hawks were forced to use a uh, coach's challenge to get that call reversed. But Lou was hot after that, um, both angry and shooting the ball. He got the ball inbounds, and he made an impossible shot. Miles Bridges was playing really good defense, um, and Lou Williams made an impossible mid-range shot. Of course, it was on the left side of the court. And that really got Lou going. He would go on a personal 8-0 run, including two t- corner threes that got the Hawks back into this game. And then from then on, it was back and forth. And uh, both teams were making shots. It felt like any time that the Hawks hit a three-pointer, the Hornets were able to come down and get a three-pointer. There was a big kind of uh, controversial play when there's a loose ball. And Brandon Goodwin, who was very excellent in this game, went down on the ground got the ball and McDaniels kind of went right through Goodwin's back to get his hands on the ball and they had called a jump ball. Um, it, it should have been a foul for sure, but the officials called a jump ball and McDaniels is 10 inches taller than Brandon Goodwin. And predictably the Hornets got the, uh, got the jump ball and were able to score on that. Um, and in a two point game, that was, that was pretty brutal. Ultimately for the Hawks possession, um, they got the ball tied at, 101, Lou Williams was able to take the ball, kind of take his time getting to his shot. He dribbled into the mid-range and hit a little jumper, and it was very appropriate for Lou to hit the big jumper to put the Hawks up too. Uh, there was under 20 seconds to go after that shot. The uh, the Hornets got the ball and did not call a timeout. They went right into their offense. Um, Terry Rozier got the ball. Uh, after the Hawks had an opportunity to kind of stretch the lead to four, Terry Rozier got the ball again without calling a timeout. They didn't call a timeout. He got up the floor. He decided to take a wild three-pointer, kind of drifting away in the corner. Some great defense by Solomon Hill not to foul Terry Rozier as, as he was shooting a three. Um, Rozier kicked his foot out trying to get the ref to call a foul, and the f- official didn't call it. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich got the the ball after the scrum and was able to hit two free throws to put the Hawks up four in what would be the difference in the game. And it was just huge win, huge win for the Hawks and one that gets them to 29 wins, 29 and 25 and one that puts them in the fourth place in the East. 
Um, and again, they just had some really strong performances for the Hawks. I thought without Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich was going to have to come out and score 30 points, and he beat that. He scored 32 points on 9 of 22 shooting. He was 8 of 16 from three-point land. He was a 7 of 10 from three-point land at one point in the game, and it just felt like Bogdanovich was not going to miss. 6 of 7 from the free throw line. He had three rebounds and three assists, and you could just tell that the Hawks decided their offense this game was going to go through Bogdanovich. And a lot of their sets would start with Bogdanovich getting going, whether he was going to flare out to the left or right side, and the ball would come to him. And Bogdanovich just does such a good job of he knows that defenders don't want to foul him. And even if defenders are right in his face, he can elevate and shoot threes. And uh, he hit one from about the logo in this game. He just was unconscious and was able to uh, really put his imprint on this game and come out and do – you know, what the Hawks signed him to do in a game they didn't have uh, Gallo and they didn't have Trey, they were able to count on Bagdanovich, and he dropped 32 points in 40 minutes, and it was just a beautiful performance. Brandon Goodwin, for him to come in and replace Trey Young for a game and come out with the performance he had was just amazing. He was 7 of 10 from the field, 3 of 6 on threes for 17 points. It felt like every three-pointer that Brandon Goodwin hit was so timely. He hit one in the corner. It just felt like any time the game would kind of feel like, you know, the Hornets are going to put this away. They've come all the way back from 17. They built up a 10-point lead, um, and Brandon Goodwin would hit a three-pointer. Again, three of six from three. He had five rebounds, eight assists. One thing he was doing as well is getting into the paint and finding Clint Capella. Down the stretch of the game, a lot of the times when the Hawks were able to tie the game, Brandon Goodwin was getting in the paint and either getting a lob to Clint Capella or he dropped a beautiful bounce pass in the paint for Clint Capella that helped the Hawks stay in this game and ultimately get the dub. Um, I thought Solomon Hill had a very strong game in 36 minutes. He was 3 of 8 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. He was getting his three-pointers up early. Um, The Hawks were doing a really nice job of moving the ball. They would end the game with 27 assists, which is something you really like to see on the Hawks. You know, If they're between the 25 to 30 assists, the ball's really moving for the Hawks. And Hill just does a really good job on defense. Again, he challenged the last shot by Terry Rozier. He had the one block that the Hawks had in this game. And it was good to see Solomon have a really solid performance. Clint Capella just does Clint Capella things. You know, 20 points and 15 boards, three of those boards offensive. He also had three assists. He came in in the fourth quarter, and he played about eight straight minutes because uh, while Okongwu had a fine game, it was just clear that if the Hawks were going to win the game, they needed to trust Clint Capella, and he did not disappoint. 8 of 12 from the field. He made four of his six free throws, and that's really all you can ask for for the big man from Switzerland. Kevin Herter was good early. I thought he had some nice aggression. He was 4 of 13 from the field, was 1 of 6 from the three-point line, had 1 of 1 on the free throws for 10 points. He had two rebounds and seven assists. Um, So very strong performances from the – starters and then off the bench it was kind of a rough night for the Hawks bench they got outscored 27 to 18 and guys like Nathan Knight who normally bring a lot of energy Nathan Knight was being very hesitant there were a few times he got the ball in the corner for an open three-pointer and he didn't take it and he tried to get into the paint um Aneka Kangwu played 12 minutes he was one of two on his shots one of two on the from the free throw line for three points four rebounds and a steal he did have a really nice dunk that the Hawks got a pass right down the middle of the defense and got a Kongu a dunk. Um, Skylar Mays, again, he had a very short stint. He had two points and two rebounds. But Lou Williams was huge. He had 13 points, 10 of them coming in the fourth quarter, 
a rebound and four assists. Um, he was three of five from three. And Lou Williams said after the game, you know, he was asked what changed or what got going. He goes, you know, I was just pissed that I missed a layup. And he said he didn't like the early start of games and day games. Um, but after he missed that free throw, he got going. And Lou Williams has just come and been a breath of fresh air for the Hawks. He's exactly what that second unit needs. Just he's willing to get a shot off. He will find bigs. A lot of his assists are just easy dump offs to the bigs to get easy buckets. Um, and without uh, without Lou Lou Williams, this game the Hawks lose. Um, so again, just huge to see Lou Williams come in and have such a great production and really help this team get off the deck and get a win when they're so undermanned. For the Hornets, Miles Bridges had that monster dunk. He was nine of seventeen. Um, he made three threes for 23 points, had seven rebounds and two assists. He had 12 of his points in the fourth quarter. Um, Devontae Graham was 5 of 13, 5 of 12 from three, uh, had 16 points, two rebounds, seven assists. Scary Terry Rozier, he got going. He was 7 of 17, 4 of 9 um, from the three-point land for 18 points, had six rebounds and four assists. And then off the bench, I thought Brad Wanamaker was pretty good, 6 of 11, one of one on his free throws for 13 points, three rebounds, and five assists. He was exactly what the Hornets needed off the bench. Um, and those were the big performers for the Hornets. But this was a fun game, a, a classic uh, birds and bees basketball where it was just back and forth. You know, you might not think that this game would get too exciting, but two monster dunks. I mean, Miles Bridges dunk, you're going to see that over and over and over again. And after the game, uh, Bridges and Capella talked, and it looked like Capella was laughing afterward. But that's what you want from your big man, to go up and challenge those shots. Um, but the Hawks played great basketball down the stretch. They got down 10 with under 10 minutes to go in the game, and they didn't flinch. They came back. Uh, Lou Williams got going, and the Hawks were able to ultimately get this big victory on the road in the division um, to push their record up to four games over 500. The Hawks play in Tampa on Tuesday against the Raptors, and the Kettlecast will be here to talk to you after that game. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!